0: Turn to your neighbors, and say, this is going to be good. Turn to your second choice and say, it already is. is. (laughs) Well, you can get your worship guides out and follow along as we continue in our series. uh, The Helper, uh, from now into eternity, I want to welcome all our online and cable viewers. Can we give them also a big hand as well as they join? (laughs) God bless you for being with us. I don't know when you tuned in, hopefully now, (laughs) because I'm not crying anymore. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Um, God is good. Amen. You guys look good out there. Summer crowds kind of getting starting to warm up a little bit. Spring crowds starting to warm up. Amen? Amen. You guys look good. You know, I heard it's always a reflection of leadership. So that's... <laughs> this is what I do to kind of change things. Okay. Anyway, um, so so this series we, uh, we kicked off a couple of weeks ago, took a week off for Mother's Day. Hopefully you all had a great Mother's Day and all the men are recovered from their honey-do lists. And, uh, but we're getting back to it. This is kind of part two. And, and, um, you know, when I was formulating and, and you guys know this word that I learned from my dad, prinking, praying and thinking, when I was prinking about this series. I was just, you know, what, what is it about the Holy Spirit that is so important? Um, and I got to go a little, a little bit off book cause I got to speed things up this morning. So, uh, the media team will have to work with me, but, um, I really was just trying to get people to see that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And and what happens is the world and sometimes religion has made the Holy Spirit a hindrance more than a helper in the context of our faith on earth. And so Jesus was trying to fix this and he left so the Holy Spirit could help us with this down here. Does everybody get that? But because of a few things and... Some stuff that's going on in the world today, some, uh, um, some unpredictable and, you know, uh, sometimes circumstances and pain and things like that. Some of the, some of the uh, unhealthy alternatives of the world, sometimes the, the uh, you know, even sometimes religious or even occultic options, sometimes uh, painful relationships. All these things are, side, are sidetracking us and sidelining us from going to the only one who can help us. And so I, I want to just hopefully help you see that we're living in one respect in the most jacked up time in human history. Mess is everywhere. And I wish I could unpack some of the statistics to make it crystal clear for you, but I'm not going to do that. But, but how many know it's kind of messed up right now? Like the world's kind of messed up. So on one hand, it's the most messed up time. But on the other hand, and this is the part you might not catch, it's one of the greatest times in human history as well. Because we can actually speak to and hear the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, 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 and I don't know that it always connects with us, that, that, that first of all, because of what's going on in the world, we need help. We need help. And it, and it isn't the government. It's God. Yep. But listen, but listen, listen. It's God, the Holy Spirit, Amen. that's going to help us. So, so, you know, again, the world, in history, the, the history of the world, there were many times in history where uh, only one person could hear from God. Many times in human history we could go through the Bible if we had time just to show you that there was actually a period in time where four hundred years where nobody heard from God and 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 there were these seasons in in human history where the Holy Spirit would descend on a person and then he would go back up but we're living in a time where he came and he's staying and we can we can interact with him and I say him because that that was a, a part of part one, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit's a person. So who is he? But today's kind of like, what does he want? What's, 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 what's the purpose of that? And so I believe that he wants to pour out his spirit, the Holy Spirit, on all flesh, the Bible tells us. In the book of Acts, there was, there was this you know, disciple, this apostle, got up and spoke about that and said, this is all fulfilling what, what the prophet Joel had spoken about. Your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy and, and young men will see visions. How many know I'm still seeing visions? Praise the Lord. And uh, your old mental dream dreams I'm having a few dreams, so maybe I'm writing that in between time. who knows but uh, but we're living in a great time, and God can speak to you and me and help us in this crazy world so this this kind of second message is just kind of really establishing a relationship with you have a personal guide who wants to help you in this nut, nutty world we 're living in right now and as, and as I kind of set it up, let me say it like this when I was in, um, when I was in college uh, dating my my now wife, but but dating Stacy, I can remember. Uh, you know, I fell in love with I fell in love with Stacy. You guys know that. I, I don't have any shame talking about that. One of the things that I that I I was hard was we would we would part in the summer because she lived in Alabama and I was a Yankee, and so uh, there was a plan there. But anyway, it took a while. But I remember in the summers back then we had to write letters to each other, young people. That's when you pull out a piece of paper, <laughs> and you actually write. It with a pen to someone and you actually had to put a, put it in an envelope and you go to this thing, it's called a post office (laughs) and you put a stamp, like it took effort. You know what I'm saying back then? Like it wasn't just like Insta message, like it was totally different, but, but we would send letters to each other and I loved to get in the mail. Like I, I'd go to the mailbox. I never go to the mailbox now. Like one, somebody in our family, I don't know how we get mail in our house because (laughs) I don't go to the mailbox ever. So, uh, but, but I would go to the mailbox every day in the summer as a young person because I wanted to see, is there a letter from Stacy, Man, and I get that letter, oh man, and it was mushy and smelled good and there were pictures, you know, her hearts and arrows and all kinds of stuff on there and, and I just couldn't wait to get a love letter. You know what I'm saying? Everybody tracking with me? Like it was, this was a season of my life where it was totally awesome. But then we go back to school, and 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 i the anticipation of actually being in the presence of stacy made those letters of the summer just fade and vanish it paled in comparison to the personal encounter that i had with stacy is everybody with me that that's that's the that's what's happening in the world today is we're satisfied with the letters of god but we are not connecting in an intimate and personal way, we're not experiencing the fellowship of God in the here and now. And I'm telling you, this fellowship with the Holy Spirit makes the letters, and I'm not saying they're not love letters, and I'm not saying they're not helpful, and I'm saying we don't need them. But there has been over time a silent divorce between the letters. The Bible says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives it life, Right? And so the, there's been this silent divorce between what we see in the church, the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. And it's all throughout the Bible, this caution that God wants to see both of those things come together. And, and, and religious people are, are, are studying the Scriptures. And Jesus was right there one time saying, you study them so diligently, but they testify about me. You can have me. And then Jesus left them and said, now you all can have, or as my wife would say, y'all can have relationship with me. And we're missing that and we're living on letters and we're not living in intimate fellowship with the holy spirit and so sometimes people in a divorce decide to stay with a, in a marriage the father the kids might go with the father and sometimes sometimes kids go with the mother but god wants families to come together god wants them to be united and there's a great power in that and we see that in the church today we see people kind of bending towards two camps. We either are completely disconnected from word and spirit altogether, or we find ourselves going with one side and one and the and the other. And so you have sometimes you have this term may not make sense to you, but sometimes you have conservative evangelicals where fundamentally there's an emphasis on the scriptures and in-depth Bible study and expository teaching and getting back to the Bible says, watch your life and doctrine closely and apologetics so you can have a right answer in certain situations. and And is that good? Yes, it's really good. It's it's important. We need that uh, so so that so that God's plan and his name can, 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 can get the full uh, appreciation that it deserves. And then, then other times you have this other part of the divorce where people are in the spirit camp and, and they're over here on this side and there's an emphasis a lot of times on experience. Experience God. That's what we talked about even in worship this morning is we do what we do to try to create an environment where people can experience God. And we and 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 be and and this is a camp that sometimes is concerned uh, big time about being led by the Spirit and and signs and wonders and bringing us back to what we read about in the book of Acts and see them return and and not be cessationists where we think it's all over and is that good, Pastor? Yes, I think it's good. They're both good, and if those two could unite, there there could almost be like this spontaneous combustion of revival in the church and then on the earth as those two. Uh, re-engage, and as we, as we bust up the enemy's attempt to divorce the two, I believe we're on the verge potentially of the, this, what, we would, what we would consider the greatest awakening of all time. You may not even connect with that, but I believe before God comes back the second time, that there's going to be a great awakening, and it's going to be because these two things, they come together. Can I have an amen? And so I'd like to be in the middle of that. Anybody else like to be in the middle of that? Yeah, I would. So I believe that the enemy of your soul is trying to keep you from the person of the Holy Spirit by distracting us with constant circumstantial problems, with, with, with counterfeit power, getting us into, and even, even unknowingly and unwittingly, getting into occultic choices. And, and then another thing that he tries to do is get us into all kinds of relational bondage, online and... And just, you know, just inauthentic relationships and things like that. To keep us numb um, from and dumb from the voice of the Spirit. The, the Bible says, that it's, it's in, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Spirit and the bride say, come. So the Helper wants to have intimate relationship, yes or no? So John 14, 26, in your notes, it says this. John 14, 26, in your notes, it says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. Everybody say all things. All things. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So all the things that Jesus said, it's ever, have you ever been talking to sometimes I'm having a meeting and I have a group and I'm leading something, I'll say, hey, you guys don't even have to take notes right now because I'm going to tell you about this again later on. You ever done something like that before? It's like, I just want you to focus. And so Jesus is basically, I taught you a bunch of stuff. You don't have to worry about it because the Holy Spirit, he's going to unpack all of that for you. But some of us aren't connecting with the Holy Spirit to get all that again and have it unpacked for us and revealed to us. But how is he going to do this? He's going to do it with a personal relationship. That's how he's going to do it. So here's the big idea. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you don't see him as a person, you can't have a personal relationship with him. If you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, you can't have a personal relationship from him. One time I had a guy come up to me. This is years ago. He said, PD, um, can you... Can you can you get a word from God for me? Because I know I know you have like a hotline to the Holy Spirit. And so I'd like you to get a word. And I said, buddy, I was kind of like taken back. I'm like, if I get a word, I'll bring it, I'll tell you it. But I don't have anything. I don't, I don't, I was kind of weirded out by it. So next day I'm 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 in my quiet time, I'm in my devotions, and I'm talking, you know, I'm reading my Bible, I'm prinking. and I'm talking to the Holy Spirit, and I feel am just like, you know, I just I just said, God, you know, am I? Do you have a word for that guy? Do you want me to bring a word to that guy? And he says, yeah, tell him to talk to me, and I'll give him a word personally. (laughs) Okay, Lord, got it. Check, 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 check. See, some people want to have a relationship with God through another person. That's impersonal. That doesn't work. I don't go to, hey, I don't go up to, hey, Pastor Mark, can you ask Stacy how many kids she wants to have? You know what I mean? Like, that would be weird, right? Right. He'd be like, no, no, I won't do that. But we, we do that. We try to go through someone else, and the Holy Spirit is going, I'm right here. I want to have a relationship with you myself. And some of that is because we don't see him as a person. Some, we see him as a force, a power, you know, some, something like that. And there are, there are whole denominations that do not believe or see him as a person, but the Scripture is filled with examples. And I'm going to give you some of that uh, to help you see that today. The Holy Spirit, by the way... Uh, is not his name. Okay, let me, let me try to explain this. The, his name is God, the Holy Spirit. Just like we have God, what? The Father, God, the Son, we have God, the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's a description, it's referring to a function, for example. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has other descriptions in the Bible, and you can see them there like fire, you know, and, and wind. And, and oil, and things like that, and rain, uh, a lot of times you see that, but what, what, what makes a person a person, what distinguishes a person uh, from something else, like you guys are all sitting in a chair, that's, you know, if you're sitting in a chair, is, is that chair a person, no, it, it's a thing, right, what distinguishes a person, some people might say, well, what distinguishes a person, or makes them a person, is life, no, because a tree has life, and you don't talk to trees, in spite of what some people might say you can do, you don't talk to trees, okay? And if you are, we have prayer available at the end of the service, okay? So, so a simple definition of, of what, a, if it's a person or what distinguishes a person is, they have a soul, a soul. You can, that may be just like something you fill in there. They have a soul. Now, we can see from Scripture, and i got to accelerate it today, but what makes up a soul is, is that there, there, is, there is a mind, a will, And there are emotions. A mind, a will, and emotions. And those those three parts reflect the the tripart the 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 triune God that we live and follow. And so we basically have in this three parts of the Holy Spirit is, is, is what we see in us. We have this, we have, we have a mind, we have, we have a will, we have emotions. In other words, we have thoughts, we have desires. We have feelings, but the Holy Spirit does too. And I'm going to prove it to you in just a couple of minutes. We think with our minds, right? We desire with our will. We feel with our emotions. So does the Holy Spirit, and that's why he's a person. And if that's true, if he is a person with those three distinctives, isn't it possible that God uh, is designed this way to help us think like God? To help us desire the things of God? Can I have an amen? Yes. To actually feel what God feels? Is it possible that He is the way He is to help us in the areas that we struggle in the most? Yes. Don't don't we struggle a lot in our thoughts? Yes. Don't, we, don't we struggle with our with our with what's the will of God for our life or what's his desire? Yes or no? Yes. Do we struggle with feelings? Yes. Feelings. Whoa, whoa, feelings. I just thought you guys needed a moment. So, so <laughs> according to Scripture, he has those things. So let's explore these three things. The helper, number one, has a mind. Everybody say mind. mind. I want to have the mind of Christ. We want to have the mind of the Holy Spirit as well because just God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all God. John 16, 13, in your notes, it says this. John 16, 13 says, however, when he... Notice he referred to this person, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. How can he guide you into all truth unless he knows all truth? Right? So we believe he's omniscient, om- omniscience. He has all knowledge. He has all knowledge. He has like, he has, a, he has a massive IQ. You ever thought about that? What's the IQ of the Holy Spirit? You know, Albert Einstein's 209, just a little more than mine. And uh, just kidding. I don't even. I can't even. I don't even want to look what mine is. I have never done it, and I never will. But anyway, but 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 the Holy Spirit doesn't even have an IQ. He he doesn't have any Q. He has all I, because the Q is a standard of measurement. You cannot measure the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. It's immeasurable. It's it's. There is no standard or term to be able to kind of put that into focus. And so he knows everything. So God can actually help us with every uh, a thing that we need an answer for. Every problem that we have, he has a solution. He, he doesn't have to like, mm, let me get back to you on that. The Holy Spirit never has this phrase. He never says, you know, it just occurred to me. Like the Holy Spirit, it doesn't have occurrences like that. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Oh, well, you know, it just occurred to me for the first time. No, he doesn't have that. He just, he always had that information or that knowledge in his life. And so a benefit of having his, his mind is that you have someone, listen, because now he's not, uh, he doesn't dwell in temples made by men. He dwells in us. We are, become the temple of God, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And so you have someone living inside of you who knows everything about everything and is committed, according to the scripture we just read, to being your teacher. Amen. So wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense to get into an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit who could help you with things that you don't know how to do it? So you have a person that can answer all your problems and all your questions. That's the point of understanding him as a person. I've struggled with certain texts in the Bible. Just in this series, I, I might do it like uh, you know, a, I don't know, a bonus message or something. But I've been working on this. I'm just going to tell you what it is, so I tease it out. I've been working on this scripture on the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. It's a it's a, it's a controversial subject, and a lot of people don't want to touch it, right? So I was studying certain things about it, and I had a couple of questions. Didn't know what to do about it, and I just I'm I I have every, you know, kind of tool that you could possibly have on my computer back then it was like it was about how many books you had in your office and how many lexicons and concordances and all kinds of things you had but now you can just have it all on your computer so I've got boosted software on my computer to help me and I'm going to the boosted software to try to answer a couple questions I'm spending hours and hours and hours and in the middle of that I feel like the Holy Spirit is like talking to me and and I'm thinking you know I'm busy you know what I mean like have you ever I'm trying to figure something out right now God You ever find yourself doing some really stupid stuff with really smart people in front of them? Yeah, that was this moment. And so he's like, "Have you? Do you need? What's going? What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm trying to figure something out about blaspheming you." (laughs) 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 Well, what's the question? Can I help you with that? You know what I mean? And have you ever thought about asking me? And immediately I just felt conviction, and I repented, and it was just kind of quiet. My spirit quieted, and then it occurred to me. And in that in that moment, I started getting all these scriptures that correlated with this insight now that doesn't always happen to me so don't don't misunderstand that I I walk in that all the time but but it was amazing it was amazing I was like I was having fellowship with the Holy Spirit and he was unpacking something that I could not understand the Bible says let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus how is that possible the Holy Spirit makes that possible Philippians 2 5 tells us that so write this in your notes remember the helper is not a power that you use but a person that you know it's a person that you know Number two, the helper has a will. Everybody say will. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. This is what it says. Now when they had gone through uh, Phrygia, I don't know how to say that, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. That word forbidden, uh, it, it, it talks about exerting your will. That means to exert your will. So the Holy Spirit... You can't forbid someone without using your will. The Holy Spirit has a will. Later on, he did that there, but later on, he released them in this particular uh, example. But forbidden means to exercise your will. Have you ever forbidden your kids from doing something, parents? Like no more candy? You know what I mean? (laughs) I could go off on that one. You know, no, you can't play any more video games. Uh, gentlemen, no, <laughs> it goes from kids to anyway, big kids. Uh, you know, Sometimes, you know, go to your room and we forbade them there. Anyway, that's another story. But, but you, you exerted your will. The Holy Spirit has a will. He's exercised his will. He has a will and his will is the will of God. So doesn't it make sense to try to determine the will of God to get into intimate, intimate fellowship with him? If you would like to know God's will for your life, then get to know God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. This is actually the number one question in our world today. What is God's will for my life? Number one question in the world today. There are two ways that you kind of separate the will of God. There's there's kind of the general will of God. Sometimes it's taught three ways, but I'm just going to make it simple. The general will of God, and then there's the specific will of God. So, So listen, you determine the general will of God from the word, the letters of God. The word. That's where you get the general word. But you get the specific word of God by the Spirit in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Is everybody tracking with me out there? And God wants to talk to you personally and give you personal information about your situation regarding your life. In other words, you can't go, you can't, you can't go to the Bible to find out who to marry, but you can go to the Bible to find out how to be married. Is everybody getting that? It'll help you with, like, figuring out how to be a better husband, how to be a better wife. How is in there. Who, you ain't going to find it in the Word of God. It's never going to say, ladies, I'm called to marry Tom Brady. It's not going to say that in there. I'm sorry. You will not find that text in your Bibles. And so so some Christians, um, we miss out because we're looking for the specific will of God from the Word, and we really need to get specifics from the Holy Spirit. It's in relationship with Him. And some Christians get weird and they go too far this way and they dismiss the importance of the Word because whatever the specific will of God is from the Holy Spirit would always be confirmed or validated or supported by the Word of God. Is everybody... This is, good. this is good preaching. That was a good place for an amen. I don't know. They missed it, God. They missed it. Okay. All right. So I remember this when I was a young man. This is a crazy story, but it's true. Nevertheless, some people in this house may even remember this. But I had two girls who came to my house, came to my house, knocked on my door, wanted to talk to me, to tell me that the Holy Spirit told them I was to be their husband. <laughs> I, I, I said, you crazy lady. And until he tells me, it ain't ever going to happen. And I shut the door and said, even if he did, it ain't going to happen. That's what I thought when I, when I shut that door. So, so sometimes people, that's true. That's some, let me just say something. There are some weird Christians in the world. Sometimes we think the Holy Spirit's weird. People are weird, not the Holy Spirit. People are weird, okay? <laughs> Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs is what I like to say. Fruit loops, not fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so you guys can use that, tweet that out. It's all good. I share it Freely, okay. So if you want to find out which job you're not going to go to the Word of God for that. If you get if you're going to try to find out which house to buy, you're not going to go to the Word of God for that. You're gonna you're going to figure out how maybe to buy a house and, and organize your finances and prioritize your life from and steward those things. You're gonna you're going to find out how to be a better leader and a better example and have better character and there'll be certain characters in the Bible to help you with that. But you're not going to find out who you know uh, what house it is or what job it is. That's going to have to be between you and the Holy Spirit, so don't, so, so, but don't go the other way, don't get, oh, you know, this is what spirit people do, they're like, I need to feel, I feel lead, I feel lead, I feel lead, I feel lead, and it's like they're walking around like this, I don't know if I should take another step unless the Holy Spirit directs me, you know, people get weird, my father used to have in his office a plaque, and it's, it had a piece of lead attached to it, and it said, if you need to feel lead, touch this, <laughs> That's funny. I don't care what you say. That is funny, okay? So how to pray, it's in the Word. What to pray, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a shocker coming. Um, none of you know what to pray, according to the Bible. None of you really know what to pray. You're saying, yeah, I do. I said, no, oh, wait a second, smarty pants. Hold on one second. Romans chapter 8. Look in your notes. Romans 8. I don't know if this is in there. Romans eight twenty-six. Is it in there? Okay, it's, you guys know Romans 8, 28, that God does, you know, he, he works everything together for good to them that, are, that love God and are called according to his purpose. We all love that. But back up, and here's what it says in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit, everybody say Spirit. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. Also, what does he do? Helps. He helps. He helps us in what? Our weaknesses, our weaknesses. And it says, for we do not know what we should pray. Yeah, I do. Okay, well that says different. It says, you don't know, smarty pants, you don't know what to pray. For as we ought, but the spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the what? The mind. See, he has a mind, what the mind of the spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the what? The will, the desire. Remember, we've learned that interchangeable will and desire, interchangeable words of God. So know the person of the Holy Spirit. And you can know the will of God. Number three, write this down. The helper has emotions. Are you guys enjoying this so far? Okay. The helper has emotions. Emotions. Now, in Galatians 5, we're gonna look at this text. All of these things I'm getting ready to read you in Galatians 5 are characteristics of a person, okay? Of a person. So just just keep that in mind as we read this. Galatians 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, multiple things here, is love, that a person loves, joy, a person has joy, peace, you get the point, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. So these are all things that a person does. You can't separate these characteristics and say they're not attributed to a person. They're definitely attributed to a person. Um, The Holy Spirit is a person. And these are the things that are the byproduct, the fruit of that. Now, Ephesians 4.30, the, there's a word here that I want to camp on just a minute. It says in verse 30, and do not grieve. Everybody say grieve. Gotta say it like with a little bit of emotion, grieve. It just, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. Now, grief is an emotion too. So the Holy Spirit has good emotions, but he has this emotion too, this grief. This, this is, this is a, a, an emotion I think we can identify with, but you need to know that the person of the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, has this emotion. He has love, he has joy, he has peace, he has all those things, but he also can grieve. He has, in other words, grief is referencing strong feelings of, of separation, of separation. And so sometimes to determine what, uh, would grieve the Holy Spirit, you got to look at the context of this particular text in Ephesians chapter 40. And so I'll quickly just reference this so you can kind of understand this. But we're going to look at a little bit context of sometimes a particular verse. Simply put, you look a little before and a little bit after to try to understand what those things are. So when it says in verse 30, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, what are those things that we need to not do so we don't grieve Him? Let's look at verse 25. Is it You guys have that verse too? Verse 25 and following, it says, I'll read it myself. It says, therefore, put away lying. So lying grieves the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and don't sin. Do not let the sun go down with your wrath. That that grieves the Holy Spirit when we we go to bed angry. Grieves the Holy Spirit. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give the devil a foothold. In one translation it says, Let him who stole stealing grieves the Holy Spirit, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give. Giving is a blessing. Not giving is grievous to the Holy Spirit. Let no corrupt corrupt words proceed out of your mouth. That grieves the Holy Spirit. But what is good, Necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. In verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, put that away from you with all malice. That all grieves the Holy Spirit. And be kind. What's that? That's a fruit of the Spirit. Tender-hearted, forgiving, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. Why am I reading you that? Because I want you to see the things that separate you from fellowship, intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that you need desperately in your life to find help in all this crazy nuts world. So, you're, so sometimes we're like, God, where are you? Where are you? He's like, I'm, I'm right here, but you're grieving me. You're giving me the Heisman. You are, you are giving me a shiv. You are pushing me away, not because I'm a prude. The Holy Spirit's not a prude. He, he, he's not a prude about sin. It's just he knows sin hurts people. So he's sad. He's not mad. When your kids do something that hurts them, are you mad? No, you're sad for that. And, but it, but it, but it can separate you. Sin will separate you from God. Are you divorced from God when you sin? No, you are distant from God when you sin. So, so nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not once those that are called upon the name of the Lord are saved, those have that have transferred their trust to Jesus and what He did on the cross two thousand years ago. That that that's salvation. That 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 work of grace. That's by. That's by grace through faith. It's not, it's not anything you could do. So you can't lose that because you make a mistake the next day. If that was true, none of us would be saved today. We'd have to get saved every single day. And that's, that's, some people believe that, and that's why they have to do certain sacraments and certain things because they're not convinced they're okay with God. So we're okay eternally with God. Our eternal destiny is secure. Our eternal fellowship is established. But our earthly fellowship has been, has been hurt when we grieve the Holy Spirit with these things. Everybody tracking with me? I, I'm, I, I can have a problem, a, a fight with my wife. I like to call it a discussion. I can have a discussion with my wife, and we're not getting along right now, but I'm not divorced from her. I'm just distant from her. It's, it's a grievous thing when we're in disunity, disharmony, discord between the two of us. And so we're not strong because we're separated. You're not strong to face. I feel invincible when Stacey and I are doing well together. I can face almost anything. That's what the Holy Spirit wants with you times a hundred. If you and the Holy Spirit are tight and you're not letting anything come between, you are in right standing, you're current, you're not doing things that are grieving like you would a spouse or a close friend, then you are invincible in your ability to be able to handle what is going on in this world today. Can I have an amen? This, 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 these types of things are what grieve him. And you don't lose anything eternally. You just lose it in the here and now. The Bible says, what fellowship can light have with darkness? He, he, he's just got to back away from that. So as I conclude, let me just say this. This is, this. this is not in your notes, but in 1 Thessalonians it says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't. One place it says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. That's one of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit is fire. In fact, I'd like you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is referred to as the fire of God, the fire of God. And what happens is um, there's two ways we can put that fire out. We, We extinguish it by not doing what the Holy Spirit's prompting us to do. That hurts us. Or we stop putting wood on it, and that hurts him. Did you get that? Uh, Let me say that again. So the Holy Spirit is sometimes referred to as the fire of God. It keeps you on track. It keeps you moving. It keeps you where you need to be. And so sometimes we put the fire out with, with water. Sometimes when we put the fire out, all right, that is hurting. That's quenching the Spirit. Quenching the Spirit hurts you. Grieving the Holy Spirit hurts Him. When you stop doing the things that keep the relationship where it needs to be, you're hurting your intimacy with God. Not eternity. Intimacy with God. And I think some of us, we we misinterpret the things that are happening in our life, like the, the the egregious circumstances, the pain, the problems that we're feeling, and 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 we either one or two things: we blame God when things are bad; when things are good, we feel self reliant, self sufficient, and we we think we got it. Let me just tell you: in both cases, you don't got it. Both instances, you don't got it. In fact, I think over here, when problems and situations are coming, that's prayer fuel. That's kerosene for your fire to bring you to your knees, to get you to realize that it's not going to be you who can save you. It's not going to be government who can save you. It's not going to be your checkbook who can save you. It's not going to be your your works. They're all filthy rags to God. It's going to be you going to God and realizing, I need you. I need the Holy Spirit active in my life. And sometimes, sometimes we're over here. We're in this other camp where we think we got it. And we're okay. And that's a really dangerous place. And America is really bent toward this side of self-sufficiency and self-reliance. And I think I got it. And I think I'm okay. And I just want you to know something that grieves the Holy Spirit. I'd like you to close your eyes. I'd like to pray for you where you are right now. When you stop feeding the fire, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. You don't go to God when you're in a need. You're quenching what God, the Spirit, what He could do in and through your life. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5, if we live by the Spirit, If we could walk in that intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we will not gratify, satisfy the sinful desires of the flesh. We we walk by the Spirit. It says in verse 25, God wants us to stay walking and talking with the Holy Spirit. So if you're here today and and you're struggling with some area of your life, I don't know, whatever the struggle is, it could be financial, physical, it could be relational, whatever it is, I want you to just acknowledge that by just raising your hand. There's a problem, there's a situation, and I need help, and I need help, and I need help. Good, 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 good. Now, now I just want you to put your hand down on your heart. You can put it on your heart. I just want to pray for you. And I want you to agree in pray, with this prayer. And I promise it's just it's it's just inviting the Holy Spirit to help her. God, every single person in this room that has a need, you know what it is. You know before we even asked what it is. But you simply want us to ask. And I just I would just say that with your with your mouth. I ask for your help, Holy Spirit. I ask for your help, Holy Spirit, in this situation. And I ask, Lord, for every single person that met that from their heart, that you would come into their situation and that you would truly help them. I pray that they go to you as their guide, as, as their teacher, as their instructor. When they have a problem, they don't turn to something else before they turn to the, not, not, or someone. They turn to you, the helper, the advocate, the comforter, the counselor turn to the holy spirit you are god on the earth to help us with all the problems that are on earth and we 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 choose this day to follow you to come to you to rely on you Father. and i pray that if there's anything in our lives god any person in this room and i believe there are people in this room that would say there are things i'm doing in this list and beyond that are grieving the holy spirit i just want you to say to god i'm sorry Just say to God, the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry for those things. Maybe those things come to mind quickly. I'm sorry for grieving you, Holy Spirit. You know, David prayed, you know, take take not your Holy Spirit from me. Don't cast me away. I need to be in intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Yes, 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 I do. Yes, I do. Father, I pray that you draw every heart, every person closer to the Holy Spirit. May we not do things that grieve you. Willful sins we discontinue in this house in Jesus' name. In Jesus name with every head bowed still every eye closed maybe you're here today and you've never invited before you can know the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit God wants you to establish a personal connection with Him through Jesus Christ the Son the first the first connection is to be made with His Son because one day we're all going to draw our last breath we're going to stand before God and we can't stand before God and say I was better than somebody else we got to say I put my trust in Jesus Christ if you've never done that You're here, and you're even listening online. You've never done that. You've never committed your life to Jesus, and you want to do that. I'd like you to boldly, just without any shame, I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask you to boldly raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to make sure I'm in right standing with God. God bless you. God bless you. That's awesome. I see you, gentlemen. Is there anybody else? I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hand down, gentlemen. That's awesome church say this prayer with me and those guys would you raise your would you pray this prayer with me that raised your hand say jesus come on say it strong say jesus i invite you into my life this today is the day of salvation for me i'm becoming a new creation in christ jesus i don't trust me anymore i trust jesus and i ask that you would give a witness to my heart that i'm in right standing with with you the Father, for every person who prayed that prayer, seal it until the day of redemption. Lord, one day we stand before you. We can say that was the day that I made that commitment to Jesus Christ. And everybody in the house said amen, amen and amen. Come on up, Pastor Mark. Give the Lord a big amen. hand. That's awesome. Amen.